What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and your host, Sydney Torres. My passion is helping women balance their hormones naturally and improve gut function. Being a health detective, finding the underlining root causes. My other passion is speaking to other health and wellness warriors who share the same vision, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z on holistic health and wellness, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The content should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure any medical or psychological disorder. Today, I have a really great special guest. Um, I want to introduce Dr. Stephanie Peacock. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me today. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. And today, the topic is going to be discussing ways to reduce our toxic load and how to really support our detox organs. But before we dive in and get to all the juicy stuff, I just want to give um, a quick introduction on who you are, what you do, so we could just learn a little bit more about you. You're a holistic doctor and you specialize in gut health and you help people that have like SIBO and IBS as well as you are also certified expert in um, environmental toxins. So I just kind of want to hear more about you. Like, how did you get started with the gut and toxins and what made you want to become a doctor? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So, um, well, so I was a, I was actually a um, competitive swimmer for 16 years. So I, um, I was on um, the national team. I traveled the world. I competed for Team USA, and um, so I was. I, I've met so many wonderful doctors in my time as a swimmer. And you know, you know, I wasn't going to be a swimmer forever. So you know, as my career was approaching the end, um, I was thinking, what do I really want to do with my life? And you know, I just knew I really wanted to help people because I had so many amazing doctors, chiropractors, physicians that really supported me in my journey. And so um, originally, I was going to school to really help with sports medicine. And while I was in school, that's when I started to really learn about the importance of nutrition and, you know, environmental toxins and all these things. And I myself really struggled with, um, hormone imbalances, gut dysbiosis, SIBO, IBS, uh, fatigue for many, many years. Um, and so I was, it was, it's actually a very personal journey for me. So once I graduated from school, I actually went to study and do my residency at True North Health Center in Santa Rosa, California, which is a water fasting facility. And they house up to about 70 different patients where we water fast patients up to 40 days, 30 to 40 days, depending on what it is that they're coming in for. And then we refeed them on a whole food plant-based diet. So really focusing on supporting the body's detoxification systems and innate healing capacity, and then supporting with good food and lifestyle changes after. So that's where I really got immersed into the detoxification side of things. And, um, and really studied and learned a lot about, uh, detoxing about 
um, just things you can do every day to support your detox. You don't need to go on a, you know, a regimented fast. We can actually support, and I know we're going to talk about this later, um, but easy ways you can support your body um, holistically um, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout your life, right? And um, so that's where I really got into um, detoxification and then, and then the gut health piece uh, kind of tied really well into it, just learning about um, how to support people that are suffering from small intestinal bacteria overgrowth and IBS, because I, I still believe that this is an area that um, a lot of practitioners aren't super aware of, um, and not in a bad way, just in a way that, you know, the symptoms for small intestinal bacteria overgrowth are so similar to IBS. And so it's very easy to say someone has IBS and maybe just try this diet, try this way of eating, and hopefully you feel better. Um, but that small intestinal bacteria overgrowth can cause a lot of those same symptoms of bloating, irregular bowel movements, fatigue, um, abdominal pain and things like that. So I really wanted to help people in that area as well. So yeah, I guess that's kind of my story in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, I, I think that's such a great story. And I just love listening to people's, you know, I guess like origin stories, like, Hey, how'd you get started? And it's just like, everybody has gone through their own, um, just trials and tribulations. And from that, you just kind of like gathered everything and you're just now using that just to help people. And I just, I just, I thank you for that. And I just think that it's just like truly amazing. Just like through pain comes just like beauty. So, yeah. I mean, just sharing your knowledge is just, I know, making the world a better place. So, okay. So now we get to like jump into the good stuff. So I guess we can just start the foundation on, if you could just briefly explain when somebody hears the word toxic load, what does that really mean? Yeah, such a great question. So, um, and thank you for your kind words earlier, by the way. Uh, so toxic load really means, so, oh, I'll back up. So our body has six different detoxification organs. Um, so these different elimination paths. So when we come into contact with toxins or in anything that's inflammatory promoting, our body naturally can detox them out. So that's what I meant earlier when I said, you know, we don't need to go on some crazy regimented faster detoxification protocol. A lot of times just supporting those organs is just enough to help really get things moving throughout the body and get things excreted. So when someone's experiencing toxic load, that typically means that one of their detoxification pathways, which we have six of them, um, might be blocked or might be sluggish. And that occurs from when we've been exposed in chronic low doses to different chemicals that are in our environment or processed foods, stress, different things like that, that just over time overwhelm these different pathways and then just essentially just create them, they, they just become more sluggish. And then when that happens, they're not getting, these toxins aren't getting excreted from the body. So then they're just getting stored within the body and gradually increase to the point where we start to develop these symptoms and different symptoms can arise from toxic load. I mean, there's a, a, a laundry list really, but what I see the most common in my practice will be some of the gut issues like gut dysbiosis, um, bloating, different things like that. Um, irregular bowel movements. And then I'll see fatigue, brain fog, hormone imbalances, uh, skin issues, things like that. And, um, and I'll quickly just touch on the different pathways that we have that we can support throughout our day to help allow them to function optimally. So um, liver, that's a very common one that most people know about a very, very common detox pathway. And it's very important. I, I like to term the liver as like our mother, like it, it just does so much for us. It has like 70 different processes that it's doing and cholesterol and blood sugar, everything's regulated and synthesized there, vitamin D is converted there. Like 
it's just an important, important organ for us. And that's usually where I find a lot of my patients tend to have a little bit of a sluggish pathway because there's four different um, pathways within it. There's phase one, two, 2.5, and three. Um, the gut is another big one. That's a huge one. So that's another detox pathway, right? Um, we have our uh, kidneys for, you know, excreting the urine. We have our, through our skin, our sweat, through lungs, through expelling different toxins from um, what we're breathing in, and then also through our lymphatic system. So that's just like sort of, I like to term it as our body's like secondary, like drainage disposal. It's it's um, very superficial. So that's why dry brushing and things like that can really support it. Um, but yeah, so toxic load is just essentially overwhelmed detox systems that aren't functioning properly. Yeah. And you know what, like in your practice, what are some of, um, if you could speak into some of the common exposures that people are coming into contact like every day? Definitely not such a great question. So, um, so BPA, that's a really common one. And that's the one I love to bring up because I, I think most people are pretty aware of that. Um, so that stands for bisphenol A. Um, there's actually 30 to 40 different variants of bisphenol. B BPA is really just the most commonly well-known one. And oh, for a long time is what a lot of companies were using. Now that um, was originally used as synthetic estrogen and then was later found to be able to harden plastic. So that's why it's found in so many of our plastic products because it helps to make plastic really durable. And it's been linked to a whole host of issues. It's been linked to disrupting our gut microbiome. It's a huge hormone disruptor. Um, it's been linked to type two diabetes, to overweight and obesity, and even heart disease. And so um, BPA, again, it's found in a lot of plastic products. So typically what I tell people is trying to reduce your plastics in the household is really helpful. So um, like what you're drinking your water out of, I usually tell people, let's start with reducing maybe that's because you're drinking what eight to 10 cups of water a day, hopefully. And that's a lot of contact that you'd get into, um, with BPA or, or with bisphenol. So maybe switching to stainless steel or glass is great. What are you storing your food in? That's getting direct contact with the plastics, right? So maybe opting for glass or, um, well, there is stainless steel, I guess, but usually glass, um, uh, little containers that you can use to store your food in. Um, but one tip I will give about bis, uh, bisphenol is that a lot of mar a great marketing tactic, a lot of companies are using now is saying that it's BPA free. So that'll still be on a lot of plastic um, bottles. It'll be on canned items, things like that. But again, there's 30 to 40 different variants. So they're typically um, replacing it with something that's just as harmful, if not more harmful than BPA itself, usually like BPS or BPF. So ways, again, you can avoid is the plastics, um, canned items. So I usually um, try to tell people to opt for fresh as often as you can, but I know that's not feasible. Uh, it's not, you know, always available. So if, as much as you can trying to opt for more fresh foods, um, even cash register receipts, like the thermal paper is, um, uh, has a lot of BPA on it. So maybe opting for, um, you know, email only, email only receipt, or just not accepting the receipt, um, things like that. So, uh, and then another big one I will mention is um, phthalates. So um, I'm mentioning this one too, because this is also found in plastics. So phthalates, what they do, depending on their molecular weight, they either um, are in scented products or they're also going to be in um, plastics and other things as well, but we'll sp stick to plastics for the moment. Um, because what phthalates do is they make plastic more flexible. So typically the more flexible a uh, plastic product is, the more phthalates it's going to have. Um, and phthalates, again, are a huge um, endocrine disruptor. So they disrupt our hormones. They have actually been linked to um, 
gut dysbiosis. So they actually can increase strains of bad bacteria within our large intestine and decrease strains of the good bacteria. And we know we need that nice homeostasis balance there for our gut to be functioning optimally and decreasing inflammation. So um, it's been linked to that as well. Um, and it's also been linked to type two diabetes too. So um, again, that's another reason that I say trying to avoid some plastic products if possible, but again, it's also found in fragrance items. So um, a wonderful, another wonderful marketing tactic, a lot of companies can use is hide that word actually in the term, in the word fragrance or parfum on the label that's on the ingredient list. And that's a, it's proprietary info. So it's actually not, um, it's not uh, the companies aren't required to list that specific ingredient. So they can hide it under fragrance, which is actually an umbrella term that could house over 3000 different kinds of chemicals. And so if something says fragrance or parfum, it usually contains phthalates and that it's because phthalates bind the scents on products. So it makes things feel good. <laughs> so, um, so trying to opt for something that might say it has an organic essential oil blend instead as the scent um, would be a lot better of a, a choice. So I would say those two are uh, a couple of the big ones that I, I see most exposures to. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because we just really, really need to educate ourselves as consumers, because like you were, you know, saying these companies are so sly in, you know, changing the wording, um, where it looks like, just like going back to the BPA, you look at it and at a first glance, you're shopping and you're like, oh, this is BPA free. Let me grab this one. Not knowing that, you know, what did you say? There was like multiple versions of BPA. Yeah. So it's still, you're still kind of getting the same stuff, but it's just kind of listed under a different name. So yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so glad you um, you pointed that out. So now like when people go shopping, they could just kind of have that little bit of awareness. And two, I just wanted to share something um, that I do because a few years ago, I um, found out that I had like a very heavy, heavy toxic load. So I just kind of like went down that rabbit hole, like, oh my gosh, you know, what can I do? So I just like, you don't have to do everything at once. I know it could just be very overwhelming when you get information like this. So like my best advice would just be start slowly. You know, like what I did was um, I took all of my plastic and I just slowly phased it out. And I went to Target and I bought like the different sizes of the glass jars. So now I store everything in glass and another thing I do too, is when you buy glass at the market, like maybe like pasta sauce or something like that, I keep those jars, like I'll clean them really well. And I'll just like repurpose the glass that I buy. So that way it just kind of cuts down on um, some of that cost too. And then I, um, I had another a guest that I was interviewing and she does all about essential oils. And we were talking about like the perfumes and how it's toxic. So she, um, if, if you are somebody that does like to smell good and someone that does like the perf perfume, you could um, get like essential oils and there's easy recipes online where you could just start to um, incorporate like essential oils and use that as your perfume. So it's just, you know, yeah. like those little, mm -hmm. little small, subtle changes over time, they add up to something bigger. Definitely. No, that's such a wonderful tip too. And that's the exact same approach I take with my patients is 
you know, where are we, you know, and something I like to start with too is, okay, what is it that we're dealing with? Like what are, is it hormone imbalances? Is it gut issues? Let's talk about the chemicals that have been linked to disrupting that. And let's try to avoid maybe those ones and we'll slowly phase it out. We don't need to do it over time. Cause right. These health issues that arise, it didn't just happen on one day overnight. It takes years really for these things to come to surface. So, you know, slowly incorporating them out of your life is makes sense and, and no need to stress over it because we know stress is an internal toxin. <laughs> it can really slow down our liver detoxing phase. It can slow down our gut motility. And so it can cause a whole host of things within our body. So, um, yes, I love that approach that you said, just, and I love that tip about the if you're getting a glass jar from the store, like save it. I do the same thing. And it's just so wonderful because then you're saving money. You don't have to buy all these other glass jars and you'll reuse them. It's a great way to reuse. And um, yeah, so really wonderful tip. That's great. Yeah. And two, I also just wanted to bring up one other point is we are never, ever going to be at like zero, like zero toxic level. I don't think, cause I know like when I was going through like my journey, I kind of got like a little obsessed for a while. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh, I got to do this, this and that. And then I finally had like that realization, like, okay, it's never going to be at zero. It's about reducing it down as much as we can. So I just wanted to, you know, like bring up that point, just in case there's somebody out there that's like, oh my gosh, you know, I got to get to zero. You are not going to get to zero. Yes. No, that's such a great point too, because yeah. And it's sadly, you know, we just live in an increasingly polluted world and, you know, it's just, it's not even what's in our home. It's what's in our environments. And so it's really just focusing on what can you change that, you know, you would be, you know, exposed to daily. So, and do it over, again, do it slow and low over time. So we know like the plastics, that's a, that's a big one. That's it. And, you know, a pretty simple one to also try to phase out pretty easy again with like maybe, um, starting to just re just use up whatever products you have that might have some fragrance in them and then start to opt for things with a better blend, a better essential oil blend, things like that. Like, I love that tip that you gave. So, um, yeah, it's really just do, going low and slow, but then knowing that you're, you're not going to be able to fully get rid of everything. We would all be living in such a bubble, like a little cabin in the woods or something. If we, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if you could be completely toxin free. So yeah, great point. Exactly. So when it comes to, cause I know earlier you were talking about, um, detox organs and how the liver is kind of like the mother of the, the detoxification, I guess, I mean, I would love to talk about all of them, but I guess for, um, this conversation, if we could maybe just kind of hone in more on the liver, could you just maybe kind of briefly explain, um, Cause I think it's just so fascinating, fascinating, just about like the different phases. Maybe, um, I know there's like a lot of phases, but if you could maybe just talk about like phase one, phase two, phase three. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Wonderful. So, um, so really what's occurring with the liver is that it's, it is our, one of our biggest detoxing organs. What it's doing is it's taking these toxins that are fat soluble and converting them into a water soluble toxin so that it can get excreted through the bile and then get um, excreted into our intestinal tract. And then it gets excreted out of our body. And so, like you said, there's phase one, phase two, and I actually love to always touch on phase 2.5. And then there's phase three. Phase three is actually when it's just getting excreted. It's just getting eliminated from the body. So we'll focus maybe on phase one, phase two, and phase 2.5. So 
Phase one is when, again, it's that toxin that's coming in. It's a fat-soluble toxin, and it's needing to get converted to a water-soluble toxin. And then it will go to phase two and phase 2.5. And so within phase one, what's happening is that actually that toxin, it will it the conversion process is actually converting it into even a more toxic metabolite to then go to the next phase to allow it to get excreted and kind of broken down. Um, but what the wonderful part about these different phases is that, and this is the beauty in supporting your detox organs daily, is that we need different nutrients to support those phases. So if we're deficient in any specific nutrients, then that's going to cause also not just in terms of being under a toxic load, but that will also cause a decrease in that um, phase's ability to convert and then help to excrete the toxin out of the system. So phase one, that's essentially what's happening is it's actually getting converted into a more toxic metabolite. We'll go to phase two where um, it basically gets combined with what I like to call a friend. So another little like a nutrient or a vitamin or something will kind of come along and then help to tag that toxin and it tags it and says, okay, this toxin needs to get excreted out. So then when two, phase 2.5, now not everything goes through this specific phase, but this phase is directly um, related to the gallbladder and return in um, terms of our bile excretion. So this phase actually is important because um, this can actually get slowed down through a few different things. It can get slowed down through if there's any sort of endotoxin load. So that's where kind of like SIBO, CFO, like fungal or bacteria overgrowth or H. pylori, anything like that, that might be causing a, an increased toxic load in the body, not outside the body, inside the body will affect that phase. Another thing like stress can also um, impact that phase too. And then another one is um, mold. So like mycotoxins, those can actually, if that's if that's something that you were exposed to at some point in your life, that can also um, affect that phase too. So I can talk about some of the different nutrients that do support each of the different phases. So like, for example, phase one loves like magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin C, things like that. Those are wonderful. So what I always tell people is get a nice variety of like some produce, some fruits and vegetables, some amino acids, different things like that are wonderful at supporting that phase. Um, phase two actually, actually needs the exact same nutrients there, but then we actually need to add in some more amino acids. So adding in like a variety of good protein sources is really important for that specific phase two. Um, and then phase 2.5 actually loves sulforaphane. Um, so that's from broccoli sprouts, broccoli, microgreens, broccoli, you know, it, uh, those different things are wonderful for it. Um, and what I forgot to mention too, about phase 2.5 is it really needs, um, uh, choline and vitamin D. So that's, um, this phase is making sure that if you are, if you know, you're deficient in vitamin D start supplementing with vitamin D, get outside in the sun for 30 minutes a day. If, if, if you live in a sunnier area, things like that. Um, and then choline is found really high in a couple of different animal products. Like, the, um, so you'll find it in eggs. You'll also find it in tofu and shiitake mushrooms. Um, so if someone's more vegetarian or vegan, you know, focusing on those. And then if you if do incorporate some animal products, maybe incorporating some eggs and things like that. Um, but that's where that phase is really important. Um, and then also a couple other things that support phase 2.5 is, um, luteolin. So uh, like uh, green celery, some green peppers, things like that are really helpful in supporting that phase too. So really what helps to support 
these different phases is incorporating a mindfulness practice. So decreasing stress because that really impacts the liver, but then also incorporating a variety of nutrients. And if you are noticing that you are deficient in certain nut nutrients, certain vitamins and minerals, it's always helpful to um, help support through supplementation. So, you know, vitamin C, um, incorporating some magnesium, vitamin D, things like that. And, um, one other thing, one other nutrient I forgot to mention, that's sort of the master antioxidant supporting all the liver phases is going to be glutathione. So glutathione is like our body's master antioxidant. NAC is the precursor to it. So sometimes I'm, um, depending on my patients, I will be supporting either with directly with glutathione or with NAC. Um, but that's very, very helpful in supporting, um, the liver detoxification phases. So yeah, th those are kind of the key with those. Yeah. And those are, and those are also great. And thank you for um, sharing that. And I mean, God, I cannot stress how vital nutrition is, how just to kind of go away from like the processed foods and just eat whole foods, you know, yeah. I mean, do, do the best job that you can. I know not everybody has like the ability to, but just the best, like I say, just always do the best you can. And two, I just thought of something that just popped in my head. Um, I know when it comes to like detoxification, there's a lot of myths out there. There's like that myth, like, oh, I'm going to do like this week long detox or, um, there's just so many like different, like detox programs, yeah. like you see online. And I just, if you could just kind of like speak into like some of like the big myths um, that people think where they're really not true. Like for instance, you were, um, what you were just speaking about in order to like detox properly, you have to really lay that foundation. If you like, for instance, like if the mitochondria, um, are not working properly, you know, like that's responsible for our energy source. So if somebody is having like low energy, then the body's not going to be able to function and kind of like detox properly, as well as what you were just saying, like with the micronutrients, if, if you don't have those enzymes, those cofactors, amino acids, like the liver and other organs aren't going to be able to carry out like certain functions. So if you could just kind of um, just, I guess what I'm trying to say is what's like one of the biggest myths that you see when uh, people are talking about detoxifying? Yes. And I think the biggest one is that kind of like what you said is that, um, you know, do this detox and you will detox everything out of your system. You will, you know, everything will be working so properly again, you're going to be feeling amazing, all these different things. So the reason why that for the most part isn't true is because if you're detoxing, most of the time, you're probably dealing with something. And if our bodies are under a toxic load, that means that one or more of those pathways are blocked. That that fasting regimen, that juice fasting, those things is not going to open up that pathway. What needs to be open that what opens up that pathway pathway is what you said, laying the foundation, getting in those nutrients, like the different things that we need that act as cofactors that help support the enzymes that helps both those different processes to help open up the pathway and then excrete the toxins. So oftentimes what I find is that a lot of patients that will come to me and they've tried different detoxes, they felt way worse after they did them because what occurs is that the pathways are blocked. So then when you go on these fasting regimens or you go on these, you know, whatever detox regimen it is, some sort of supplement protocol, I don't know. Um, 
there's all kinds of ones out there. Um, you essentially what happens is that you just get a recirculation of the toxins. So then people end up most often feeling worse after they do them, or maybe they feel better for a little bit, but then they just feel the exact same or worse after because one, we didn't clear the issue. We didn't figure out what's going on with the body. How can we support the body, you know, with nutrition, with lifestyle factors first, before going into a detox regimen and opening the pathways. Um, but the second thing is, is what are you exposing yourself to that might be recirculating in the system? So let's say, you know, you're doing a detoxification protocol, but you've been drinking out of plastic the whole time. So then you, or, you know, maybe not during it, but then after or before. So you're still getting exposed to the chemical that's causing the issue. So, uh, my, my, um, stance on it is kind of saying, okay, so let's detox the chemicals out of the environment and then focus on nutrition and then detoxification protocols, things like that, that are necessary. Cause those do come in handy. Absolutely. Um, later, but we've really got to lay the foundation for what are we exposing ourselves to in the environment? What's our stress level? <laughs> What's our, um, you know, what uh, are we eating? What processed foods do we have? that are we're ingesting that are causing inflammation? Do we have gut dysbiosis? Is there inflammation occurring within us that we can help to nurture and create a better environment within our, um, our the internal ecosystem, right? To support our hormones and support our gut health and lowering inflammation. So I'd say the biggest one is I just see a lot of protocols out there that will say this will make you feel better, but you know, we gotta lay the foundation first, really gotta lay that foundation before jumping into any regimen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I just have a curious question. What are your thoughts about chelation? Oh, like chelating agents. So yes. I actually, I actually do support those after the, but those are, those are strong. Those are very strong in supporting and detoxifying the body. So I, my stance on those is only, I, I've only maybe used them like once or twice with patients. And really it's just, that's after I have tried other different things first and laying the foundation and supporting with binders and supporting with other methods that might not be as strong in detoxifying the body as a, as a collating agent. So, um, so I do support those, but I think those are more in my, in, what I found in my practice, it's a last resort. I don't think it's something that should be jumped into right away. Cause then again, let's put it this way too. If a, a, any sort of detox regimen, like a supplement protocol or a, um, uh, like a fasting or a juicing regimen, right oftentimes will result in just a recirculation of toxins. Same thing with binders. So like binders are chelating agents. So if we're trying to like bind anything out of the system, we're, if, if we haven't opened up any detox pathways, we're just going to get a recirculation. And that oftentimes results in way worse symptoms than just doing some sort of juicing protocol. So it's really, again, it's about let's lay that foundation. Let's see what we can open up and do that with nutrition and lifestyle factors first before jumping into any sort of supplement protocol. Um, and I myself actually suffered from um, an incident many, many years ago where I was placed on a binder and I oh my goodness, my symptoms were just horrific after that for a while. And um, so that's where it was another reason I got very interested in detox protocols, because I was, I was like, this isn't right. The binder should be working, but I'm feeling worse. That doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah, I can, I, I can relate to that. Yeah. So like, wow. So if, if for those like listening before you start any sort of, I guess, regimen, I mean, just really do your due diligence and work with a doctor like Dr. Stephanie. So she can like guide you because there's, I guess a lot of people don't realize there's 
like an order in which you should do things, you know, like so many people kind of just, you know, like say there's like 10 steps. So many people are so eager just to get to like step nine and 10, but they haven't even thought about doing like ones through eights and just jumping to the end. It's just, the results are just not going to be that beneficial for you. So yeah, I, I would say always, 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 please just work with a professional um, so they can just guide you um, on the proper steps and just be there just in case something does go wrong. They could just, you know, like help you through it and work you through it. So I have one final question. And that question is, if you could tell somebody one thing that they could do for their health, what would that one thing be? Oh, oh. Oh, that's good. Uh, I gosh, yeah, because there's obviously so many things you can do. But you know, I think, okay, I think my this is gonna be my biggest one is actually going to be incorporating mindfulness practice. Um, the reason why is because stress has been linked to a lot of different chronic disorders and diseases, um, because it's not just influencing our brain, like feeling like we're stressed in our brain, it's influencing our liver, it influences all our detox pathways. And it really, really impacts our gut. And so when we're stressed, we are, we tend to get in a constant recirculation of stress, getting stressed about symptoms. Then we get stressed again, stressed about symptoms, stressed about, you know, anything and everything. And that creates a vicious cycle. And what's important is that if we incorporate a mindfulness practice, like there was a study that showed just like incorporating like five minutes of meditation a day resulted in like 80% decrease of stress in individuals. Like, it's just amazing how much um, just adding in like even five minutes of meditation or breath work can do for you. And if you're in a constant state of a, a constant state of being in a sympathetic state or overdrive, you, this is where I I'm working on with so many of my clients and my patients, because if we could do all the beautiful getting rid of toxins, you know, incorporating healthy foods that we want, but if you're stressed, the body is just not going to heal. And so incorporating, you know, 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, it doesn't have to be meditation. It can be box breathing where you inhale for four, hold for four, breathe out for four and do that for five minutes. Anything that just increases that parasympathetic state is so, so important. And that will allow the liver to detoxify that allows gut motility and gut to function optimally, that will, you'll feel better here. Um, so I would say incorporating, um, and here being the brain, sorry for anyone that's listening and not watching. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think incorporating a mindfulness technique would be my biggest, biggest tip. Yes. And that's a very important one. So for those that would like to, um, reach out to you and possibly work with you, where can they find you? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on my website at www.stephaniepeacock.com. Um, I also have Instagram and TikTok that I post on pretty regularly. You can also message me on there. It's just Dr. Steph Peacock on both of those. Um, and then I have a newsletter as well. So on my website at stephaniepeacock.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. I'm also um, just if you're you know just wanting more information, not necessarily to work with me, but you just want more information. I have a weekly newsletter all about toxins and gut health that comes out weekly. Um, so you can also sign up for that too. Okay. Now, do you just, do you do in person or do you do oh. virtually or both? 
Great question. I do. I'm a hundred percent virtual practice. So, um, so I work with, so I'm licensed in the state of California, but with patients outside of the state of California. So my clients outside of California, I work as a consultant. I don't diagnose, I don't do um, treatment regimens, but I can um, help guide and I can help provide great information in supporting your body um, uh, or like maybe next steps to your health kind of a thing. So, um, so I do work with patients all over, just depending on where they're at. It matters on how in depth I can get with the treatment protocol. <laughs> so. Okay. And I am going to put all of Dr. Stephanie's contact information in the show notes. So just, um, be sure to check that out and, oh my gosh, thank you so much. This has just been like the best conversation. It's been very informative. And I know this is going to give a lot of people a really good starting place. Um, if they are, you know, having any sort of like toxic, uh, buildup or anything like that. So once again, I just want to say thank you so much for just taking the time to be here today. Uh, thank you, Sydney. It was so wonderful being here and thanks everyone for listening. I'm just so excited. I was able to come on and chat all about toxic load. <laughs> Wait, don't go just yet. If you like today's episode, please leave a review. This way, the message of health and wellness can get shared with others. If you ever want to hang out, you can find me on Instagram at balance health. Now until next time, stay well.